0: You're listening to The Devoted Podcast, where our desire is to be women devoted to the Word of God. We're so glad you're here, and we pray you'll be challenged and encouraged as we look to God's Word together. Hey, gals, welcome to The Devoted Podcast. Well, it's just a lovely Saturday morning in the closet, and Chris is joining me again today. So thanks, hun.
1: Absolutely. Hello, everybody.
0: Yeah. So we are going to pick up a little bit where we left off. I don't know, a while ago, was back in episode 92, we started an episode called Raising Men is what we called it. And I I still, I love that picture because I think it does help us to keep the end in mind in what we're doing. And there was a lot of things that you mentioned, ton in that podcast where just thinking about that sweet little two-year-old that you're looking at right now, you know, that's it's a short season. And before you know it, those are the men that are raising families of their own and they have jobs and making decisions even in our country. So keeping that end of you're raising men, you're raising kiddos that are going to spend most of their time not under our roofs, but rather out in the world doing hopefully what Malachi instructs us in raising godly offspring of their own and hoping that we've done that. So, if you didn't catch episode 92, that was um, a good one, maybe to catch on for talking about work a lot and how our boys' relationship with work, what that needs to look like. So, if you missed that, go back and grab that one. But we wanted to this time um, talk a little bit about our boys. And, like I said, if you're a girl mom, Hey, there's plenty of application, I'm sure, in this. And all of those sweet little girls, they marry said boys, you know. And, and so these are really good things kind of all the way around. But, you know, as Chris and I, we only really speak boy over here. So <laughs> this is where we are. And we also always want to make sure that when you guys hear us talk, don't ever hear this as like, wow, Chris and Amy really have this dialed. And no, no. Any good that has come in any of our lives is because the Lord is the one that is the author of all of that. And and our job, hopefully, is just to keep pointing back to what the Lord is doing and what his word tells us to do. And he is very instructive in these things. He doesn't leave us into parenting boys or girls and go figure it out. So, but hear this with definitely a humble heart of here's where the Lord has shown us some things you need to pray about what that looks like in your home and and all of those things and talking those over with, with your own husband.
1: Yeah, for context, you know, we've got three boys that are 19, 18, and just turned 15. Yikes. So really, from our perspective, it just means that we have maybe done this a little bit, been around the the track a few times and don't have it all figured out. Yeah. <clears throat> that's for sure. But because we have been around the track a few times, we've learned some things that really didn't work and really did work. And that's kind of the point of this is to try to share some of those things mm-hmm. and hopefully encourage you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So today, the where we want to head is talking about um, boys and emotion. And I sort of feel like, I'm not even really sure. I think you and I just started talking about this being an important topic for guys, but I feel like it's a little bit of an unchatted about topic. I don't know why.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we when we were doing the last episode and it it did somewhat unintentionally really focus on work exclusively almost. And we kind of felt by the towards the end of that podcast that we're like, you know, we're kind of leaving out other areas and we felt like the emotional side of m- raising men is super important to talk about and you're right culturally and and maybe some of this is changing now but i think uh, historically certainly the image of the male is this emotionless not caring guy that just kind of gets up and does his work and comes home and, you know, there's not much more to it than that. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case. And certainly that's not the picture that we see scripturally of what it means to be a man. And I'll even kind of foreshadow here after God's own heart.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I so agree with that. And I think I probably need to provide a little maybe background context for Chris and I's Upbringing a little bit because, in some ways, it's a little bit flipped, guy and girl. So, I was raised in, you know, big old ranch in Wyoming with a little bit of a suck it up mentality on just about everything. You know, it was even, even as a girl, it was kind of like, you know, let's kind of tap the emotions down let's not get too carried away which again even with those things i can make some really good cases for those things cuz we can look at scripture and see scriptures about being self-controlled and and not being taken away with emotion that's certainly there but there is also you can't swing too far on that pendulum and just be like man tap those emotions down those aren't those aren't allowed those aren't biblical at all that that can be a message that's given and maybe with good intentions but it could be harmful. So I was raised a little bit more with a Wyoming toughen up kind of attitude around around. So
1: yeah, and and then for me, I was uh, so I have two sisters, an older sister and a younger sister. So I was in the middle, and a definite healthy blend, I think, between mm-hmm. my mom and my dad. My dad was much more the, you know, oh, you got hurt, rub some dirt on it kind of thing and and get back in the game. And my mom was much more the nurturing and really I think uh and this is why I love the fact that this is a podcast that, you know, predominantly women are listening to, because the role that the mom plays yeah. in nurturing this side of her son is so critical. Yep. And definitely my mom did that for me, you know, and taught me what it meant to be an emotional person and that that's not something that needs to be swept under the rug it's an important part of being a loving man so i had a good balance between those mm-hmm. two but definitely you know understood that there's a time to be tough and shake it off and move forward and there's a time to you know really Allow the emotions of a situation to penetrate into who you are and affect what you're doing.
0: Yep. And, and we're going to talk about some specific examples of what we're talking about there because what we're at, we're not saying that this is something where, you know, as the proverbs say, to give full vent to your emotion at all times, you know, that that there's a definitely a contingent of a parenting movement that's, you know, kids should just be able to express themselves in any way they possibly want and to inhibit that expression in any way is is oppressive to the child. Now, that is a bunch of nonsense. So that's certainly not what we're saying. But and again, I do think that this speaks to just the amazing design and model that the word gives us on a mom and a dad and that balance that is struck there. And I mean, wow, have I reaped the benefit of your dad and your mom. Of, you know, your mom, she was so intentional to really have those. I mean, I of course wasn't there when you were a kid, but the ways that you have described those conversations, I can just picture Mm -hmm. your mom sitting with you at the table, just being so comforting, letting you talk, letting you be okay with that. And then on the flip side, having your dad who absolutely loves you to death and still be able to say, okay, you need to shake this off and we're moving on, you know, kind of thing. There is just a great balance that the Lord gives us in that. So I'm so thankful for that. One of the things that we talked about right before we started recording is that a lot of times when we are going to talk about something specifically like this on emotion, there's a lot of caught, not taught. And what we mean by that, moms, is that if you, this isn't something that you're going to sit down with your child and you're going to, you know, have a alphabet trace session on this is what it looks like in words maybe to do this. Now that's part of it, but it's mostly gonna be they're going to catch how emotions are handled in your home. They're gonna, they're gonna catch on to how you deal with emotion, mom. They're gonna watch how dad deals with emotion.
1: And they're gonna watch how dad deals with mom's emotion.
0: Totally. <laughs> oh, and that's a big one. That that totally is there. So um you know, keep in mind, this is something that while maybe it's not readily talked about that we would think about talking about emotions and, and raising men, but I think maybe it should be because this is something that they're watching. And, and I know in the last episode or in the last podcast we did on this, Chris made a statement where he said, "Your your boys or your kids, they're learning even when you aren't teaching. And that's absolutely something that we have to keep in mind about all things about parenting. But I think especially in this one with emotions where it's not usually words sometimes there's words involved but a lot of times it's not that it's your expression it's you know it's the tears in your eyes it's it's all the things that make up our emotions and it's not just something in our words
1: so when we think about this as it relates to raising men there's definitely different kids out there, different boys. And I think even within our own household, you know, we have three boys and they're all, they all rank in very different places on the emotional scale. And I think it's important too, for us to define emotions. We're not just talking about the touchy feely stuff, right? I mean, that's certainly part of it. We're going to get into some of that, but emotions can also be passion exuding out of you over a football game, you know, or over something that you believe strongly in, or it can be anger that's coming out, you know, so there's, there's a lot more than just the, you know, tears uh, side of emotions. But tears is a great place to start as it relates to this topic, because philosophically, Parents and households can sometimes come down in different places around the appropriateness of tears for boys, Mm -hmm. you know, and certainly I, I was raised with plenty of friends who it was like absolutely unacceptable for a boy to cry And that's one of the first things that when I think about this topic and my own upbringing that I think of my mom telling me over and over, Chris, it's okay for a man to cry. In fact, it's a good thing. And she would talk to me about my grandfather and how that was, you know, he was a a very deeply caring man and loved his family. And that emotion was a, a common thing for him. And tears were not uncommon for him. And she would say that as a way of reinforcing and I would even say validating the emotions that I was experiencing as a child and would help me to reconcile this dichotomy of I have a world that maybe kind of back in the 80s says, you know, boys shouldn't be crying. And yet I feel I felt emotion over certain things. And she would she would really validate that and and say, hey, it is okay for for boys men to cry. In fact, it's a good thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe we can just break that down a little bit on what that looks like, because there are, again, there are pendulums here. We're not saying that, you know, if you've got a kiddo that is just crying over every tiny little thing that you as a mom don't need to shore that up because you actually do. In fact, it's it's funny. Moms, You you probably know what I mean, but You know, if not pray for discernment in those situations, you know, if you've, if you've got a kiddo that just seems like they are just breaking down all the time. I remember when my kids, man, I'm trying to think, hon. do you remember when I did the physical contact contract?
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. That was probably like like four Five? Yeah, I think that was like when... Like, Evan would
0: have been around five-ish? Yeah,
1: I think maybe, or maybe just a touch older. He
0: could write, or he could sign his name. So, again, I know, we talked about driving contracts in the last episode, and now you're going, oh, great, aim you had a contract for, like...
1: Oh, you should totally try to dig that up and guys, like, I actually, put a link to I it or should. something because it's hilarious. I should.
0: Maybe I'll try to find that, guys, and I will uh, post a picture of it. So y- this was one of those situations where, um, you know, I think Evan was five or six. His brother would have been two years younger. And, you know, and he's good with me saying this, but he was a little bit of a bruiser to his brother. And and he had no problem just like, you know,
1: dominating his brothers. That's
0: basically what he would say. <laughs> with the, he would be dominating his younger brothers, even though Caden could hold his own because Caden oh, yeah. was good size, but the, you know you get into those places where they, it, it with boys it's physical and there's wrestling and there's all these things and typically the boys just kind of rolled with that because they you know were all about that. Well, we went through this phase where it I mean man if if Caden retaliated in any possible way and you know hit his toe wrong or anything I mean there was just this massive breakdown of emotion and oh I mean the drama was of epic proportions and I knew that I was being manipulated by this you're fine you're not really hurt this is you having a emotional response that is completely unwarranted so we had several conversations about this and then I actually sat down and wrote out on a piece of paper that said you know if you get hurt mommy loves you and I want to take care of you what was the, but I said, if, I had to do <laughs> unless with there is a bones. bone sticking out of <laughs> your leg or, you know, shards of glass somewhere. Blood
1: all over the floor.
0: We're not going to have emotional outbursts about things that are very insignificant, you know. So anyway, wrote this whole thing out and was trying to show my boys the difference between real injury and when it's okay to like, because if you're really hurt, yes, yes. That's okay.
1: Well, and that's what I think, actually, that's such a great example of what I would say when tears are appropriate and when they're not. And so I would say if there is physical pain or there is emotional pain, then tears are warranted. But the funny thing about that situation is it actually wasn't the physical pain that was causing the tears. There was psychological pain mm-hmm. going on because it was they they reached that age where suddenly we realized there's intent to harm <laughs> behind my brother's action right now. And it's not just we're having fun wrestling. It's he wants to hurt me. And that fact is the thing that produced the tears. So as it relates to that, really, for me, physical pain, you know, you're you're boy is riding his bike and, and falls off and skins his knee or something like that, hey, that is a, an absolute appropriate place for tears. Or emotionally, you know, if they lose a pet that they loved or a stuffed animal goes missing or whatever, hey, that's emotional pain and that's worth the tears. But if it's psychological pain, and so what do I mean by that? Well, it's like not getting your way. Mm-hmm or I'm trying to do something right now and it's not going the way I want to, and so it's producing frustration in me. You know, I remember many times telling him it's okay to be frustrated. It's not okay to act out the way that you're acting right now or what have you. So helping them to understand when are tears appropriate and when are they not appropriate. And I was also thinking tears should always be a response and not a strategy. Mm-hmm. And I think that that probably goes for the girls out there, too. But, you know, sometimes you see kids who, who are, they figure it out that if I turn on the waterworks, I get what I want. And so tears become not so much a response to physical pain or emotional pain or whatever, but it's a, a strategy to get what I want out of this situation. And obviously that's not appropriate.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good distinction between like, you know, emotional versus like physical and, and when that those are good things to do. But do you want to move into the importance of showing sympathy for somebody when they're?
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think that it's important that the foundation here for specifically when we talk about the, the concept of tears, it's a biblical thing. I mean the the classic, the shortest verse in the Bible, right? Is Jesus wept? John eleven thirty five. So we know that that was a part of life, and certainly Jewish life. You know, uh, emotion and tears were a very big deal. I think Psalm fifty six talks about how the Lord values our tears; He stores them in jars. The Bible mm-hmm. talks about so. It's not that tears are something that should be avoided. But like Ecclesiastes talks about, there is a time for that. And there's a time to rejoice, to not not have tears. So I think that's an important distinction for us to teach our boys as they grow is that there is an appropriate time and there's not an appropriate time. One of those appropriate times is when those that are around you our mourning. And so we think about Romans twelve fifteen, which tells us that we are to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. This can be a tricky one for boys because when they see someone else that's having a hard time, but they're not necessarily feeling pain of any sort, teaching them how to go through that process of sympathy, feeling sympathy for someone else. And again, the difference between sympathy and empathy, empathy is I've been there before. I know what that feels like and I can empathize with you. Sympathy is I've never experienced that before, but I can still come alongside of you and experience that emotion to the best of my ability along with you
0: and kind of key here if you are a household that is just like said tears are never allowed at all and that you just like really clamp that down you're going to have a hard time then teaching your kids to show sympathy to someone else
1: it's really true and i think one of my favorite passages that as it relates to this a little bit is first corinthians 12:26 and for me this is this kind of goes into maybe a a little bit of like rules of engagement for our family as it relates to this topic. But 1 Corinthians 12, 26 says, if one part, and this is in the context of the body of Christ and and saying that we're all one body, but there's many parts. And this says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And that was really my goal for our family growing up, that if there's one of us that's struggling with something, then we're all in this together with that person. And we are mourning with those who mourn, you know? And I think one of my favorite examples of this actually came, this was a, one of those moments as a dad where it it it's a classic tale where some crisis happens in the household, and of course... dad Dad is is out of town. town.
0: (laughs) I I mean, yes, every time guys, if there's going to be a broken arm or there's going to be, you know, something tragic that happens, dad will be out of town.
1: And I didn't travel that much. Like hardly ever. Yeah. The job that I had, I mean, maybe I traveled once, twice a year, but it just so happened that I was gone on the other side of the country actually. And Caden's
0: Spike the Hedgehog. Spike
1: the Hedgehog died. And let me tell you what, he loved this little hedgehog. He was so excited the day he got it. We drove all the way down to Eugene to buy the thing. And... We found out later that hedgehogs don't really live that long, actually. And they
0: are incredibly temperamental. So this is just a little tip. If you're thinking about getting a hedgehog, when they tell you that they are extremely temperature sensitive, they are not kidding. Yes, So you have to keep them in a very controlled temperature.
1: They come from Africa. They're used to warm climates. And, keep them uh,
0: in Africa, probably. They, they but... need to
1: have heat lamps and, and those kinds of things. But anyway, Spike the Hedgehog died. And I was gone, and this was a major, major event for Caden. And I don't, do you remember how old he was at the time? It was maybe... Uh, He would have been
0: like nine or so. Yeah, like
1: maybe fourth grade, something like that, somewhere in there. Anyway, so I'm gone, and Evan, his older brother, who is only, you know, maybe like 11 or 12 at this point, just... It was like the first moment that I recall as a dad feeling like he had stepped up into the role of dad while dad is gone. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of took over for his brother and he took Spike and put him in a little shoebox and they drove out to my parents' property. They lived on seven acres and and they had a little... Funeral for him. Evan, Evan got his
0: shovel out. Evan
1: got the shovel out, dug the hole, stood there next to his brother while his brother cried. I mean, Arm
0: it, around his brother's shoulder, and and keep in mind, Evan, there's not a tear that is being shed here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he was uh, he was sympathetic. Yeah. He really had seen he saw the hurt that Caden was going through, and he he stepped in to that.
1: It was one of those moments when Amy was recounting this to me on the phone. Where you, as a dad, you go, so maybe they really do listen to me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Every once in a while. But yeah, those those are great examples of, and we all have things like that that happen in our households of, you know, When a pet dies or just grief in general, that it's important to, you know, give them enough gravitas that they can process that emotion. And that's that's an animal that's on a on a smaller scale. But these things take bigger ramifications down the road. I mean, Chris, maybe talk a little bit about painful example, but I think it's it's helpful of what it was like to tell the three boys, you know, that granddad had just died.
1: Yeah, that was definitely the first time that they were dealing with extreme grief, mm-hmm. extreme loss. Up until that point, it had been pets and and toys and things like that. But Amy's dad died suddenly, and so she got on a plane and left, and we we followed several days later. And they were pretty young. And I remember it was a very rushed thing. We were trying to to get out to the airport so we could get on this flight because obviously we weren't planning for this. And so I actually didn't even have a chance to tell them at the house or in the car. I had to tell them in the airport. Mm-hmm. And I remember when when I kind of said this to them and and. You know, it was interesting. They were different ages. Evan was processing this at a, from an older age than, say, Brennan was. But they all knew what was going on. And it was a lot of intentionality on my part trying to help walk them through the process, even while I was going through this on my own. But helping them understand, like, it's going to take a little bit for this to even sink in mentally, to process that this has even happened mentally, let alone emotionally. And a lot of it was just sitting with them, mm-hmm. you know, with with my arms around them and letting them adjust to the, the concept that granddad is no longer here.
0: Mm-hmm. And where I think that that particularly as that played out, you know, your your kids on something like that, they might grieve for a shorter period of time or things like that. But, you know, obviously my grief was a lot longer in that process. And one of the things that was so important for my kids and Chris was just so good to remind me of this because it's very easy for us as moms if we're going through something difficult that we're like okay I need to I need to pull it together for the kids and I need to you know put on a strong face and you know what sometimes that is appropriate to do sometimes you know the the scriptures where it talks about putting on Christ that sometimes is exactly what you need to do in that moment even when you don't feel it but we do know that also there is a time there is a time to weep. And Chris reminded me during that season of how important it actually was for the kids to see me sad about this and to see me grieve and to see how I grieve because it, it showed them what that should look like. As opposed to me just running up to my room, closing myself off and grieving very privately about that. You had really encouraged me to, you know what? If you're doing dishes and you start crying in the middle of the dishes, that's okay.
1: Yeah. And don't don't run away and sure. hide when that happens. You know, for me, I remember this was, I, I have to give my dad a lot of credit for this because when I was in high school, my mom really went through a hard time. And I didn't know this at the time, but a lot of it, I think, was tied up in just watching her her last two kids kind of get older and knowing that the end was near as far as that goes. But she really went through a difficult time. And as a high school kid, it was hard for me to understand, like, why is mom acting this way? And I remember my dad pulling me aside on a number of occasions when she was going through that and saying, Chris, sometimes other people and sometimes women are going to struggle with something emotionally that you're not going to understand. And you don't have to understand it in order to provide support. We can still be here and look to go through this with her, show her that we love her and support her through it, even if it doesn't make sense to us. Mm -hmm. And that has come back to me so many times in my life, even as you have dealt with things Mm -hmm. that I didn't understand and weren't hard for me, and I was like, you know, why? Let's let's just move on with this. But, mm-hmm. but it, you weren't ready to do that, and because my dad had taken that time to help me understand this reality of life. It it gave me what I needed to be able to sit with you, even if I didn't understand it.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and this is why I think this is such an important topic for our boys, because they're going to grow up and they're going to be married someday. And. You are, you're doing these things, you're, you're helping them catch these things that are going to form the kind of husband that they are. And when their wife goes through something really difficult, how, how are they going to respond in that? Are they going to be, you know, come on, we don't cry about this? Or or are they going to go the other direction and say, you know, let's do nothing but cry about this? I mean, that's why I think it's important to have a very intentional biblical approach to dealing with our emotions.
1: One of the other topics that is definitely a little more nuanced, but I think is really important as it relates to boys, is to talk about sometimes we're going to go through emotional, difficult times, and we still have to get up and keep doing the next thing. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times what, what sometimes gets modeled for us or talked about is that when you're going through hard times, you know, you you need to... You need to take time away, take time for yourself and all of that. And I think that there is a certain element of that depending on the situation. But particularly for guys, sometimes it's going to be a both. Mm. It's going to be an and. It's going to be you're dealing with something that's hard and you got to get up and go to work. Mm -hmm. or you got to get up and deal with this next thing. And one of my favorite verses as it relates to this is actually Psalm 126, and this is verses five and six. And this says, those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. He who goes out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. And it's this idea that, you know what, sometimes you're going to have to to do the next thing, even though it's hard. But if you do that, good stuff is going to come from it. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I think for guys, we need to help our boys process the emotions that they feel and, and deal appropriately with these things. But there does come a point where it is now time to move on. We don't have to forget about that emotion. We don't have to set it aside. It can come right along with us. Mm-hmm. And the act of working can also help us to process through those things. But there is a time where we have to move on now and do the next thing.
0: And so I feel like we could take everything that you just said and apply that to, you know, the caught, not taught thing. And gals, that means that you sometimes you need to Absolutely still be in your emotion. It's okay if you're not okay. And do the next thing. Do the next right thing that is right in front of you to do. Because you're modeling that behavior of how to move through really challenging times. And your kids... Are, if they haven't yet, they're going to. They are going to face difficult times. And what an honor it is for us as parents to be equipping our kids for those. You know, I always think about the, the imagery that the scriptures give us of, of battle imagery all the time. And, you know, I sometimes think of these things of we're either equipping our kids to be out in a, a battlefield that's just horrendous and there's sharp swords all around in their jammies or... With some ephesians 6 armor of god but i mean really think of that picture because even as it comes to just very practical small things it might seem of how we model how we care for do their emotions they're putting something on there and they're either going to be equipped with how they handle this or they're going to be really exposed
1: one of the ways i don't know why this is but i've seen this i saw it in all of our boys and i've seen it in others as well one of the opportunities that you can take advantage of is if you're watching a movie as a family and the character in the movie is going through something difficult, sometimes our boys can not identify with what's going on there for obvious reasons. They haven't experienced that in their life or whatever. And so there can almost be like joking or making fun of the character in, in the scene or what they're going through. And yes, it's all made up, right? So th- th- that's that's not the issue. But it's teaching them like, hey, that is not expressing sympathy for what that person is going through. And even though it's just a TV screen, the lesson can still be taught. And so if that happens, and and perhaps you'll experience this, or, or now you'll maybe remember, yeah, I do remember when something like that had happened. We can even talk with our boys about that moment. And, you know, hey, I know you've never gone through a situation like what we're seeing on the screen right now, but how do you think that person feels right now? Let's really put ourselves in that character's shoes and what they're going through, and let's think about what are the emotions that that person is Mm -hmm. feeling and really helping them to process through intellectually what's happening. and, And then hopefully that, if they are successful, can translate into an emotional response.
0: Yeah. If you think about the movie or a cartoon, any of those are kind of, those are good examples because sometimes kids see things that they, because they don't understand the emotion that's being displayed, a different emotion takes its spot. We've talked a lot about tears and like things like sadness and grief, but fear or anger or confusion, frustration, all of those things have their emotional bent as well. And I remember one of our kiddos that it was the very end of, was it the movie Bolt? Bolt, Bolt, And it ends that movie with a syringe like coming out at the screen. And I actually think we saw that in 3D. Yeah, we did. Which, yeah. And so the the kiddos in that movie with this like giant syringe coming out at them.
1: Yeah, and so afterwards, we're debriefing with we're our kids. we like, wow, kids. that was kind of scary. We're and... asking each of them, like, what was your favorite part of the movie? We would do this a lot of times. Yeah. And so, you know, one of them says his thing, the other says his thing. And then one of them says, oh, I liked the part at the end with the big needle coming out at me. And,
0: and, and he, uh, that was so funny. And he was, like, saying emotions that did not explain what that what he should have actually felt and, and what we learned about that particular kiddo is that when he <laughs> sees something that's scary he actually i think it's almost a defense mechanism yep. and so he decides that that will be funny and so it's kind of interesting because we we were able to see that in him then and then we know this about him and we it helps us to be able to talk with him about other things that we've recognized that sometimes when kids are trying to put themselves into like a protection mode they're going to respond in, a, in an emotion that isn't appropriate to yeah. it
1: and helping him to see i remember telling him like it's okay to say that you were scared by that mm-hmm. you know like helping them to correctly identify the feeling that they had and it wasn't humor it was yeah. fear And showing them that that's an okay, like to acknowledge that that's what's happening here is actually important so that we get that right.
0: Yeah. Oh, totally. Right. Because then if you're teaching your kids the right response to fear, then you can talk to them about, okay, but like, but what is real in Mm -hmm. this place? If they're fearful about something, the teener plops, you know, whatever is true, you can usually stop right there with things that you're fearful or anxious about is the, is the fear. Is that true? Is that real? Is it really a syringe that's going to jump out at you? Actually, no. So, right emotions for right reactions, I guess.
1: Yeah. The last thing I wanted to say on this whole sympathy idea, you know, we talked about the the verse from Corinthians about you know we're in this together, basically. But also, it's not just about recognizing that there's somebody struggling in the household and coming alongside them. Sometimes it's even just recognizing that somebody is struggling with something. And if you're not in that place, if you just experienced some huge victory or win or great thing, maybe we need to wait to celebrate that until the other person in our family has gotten through the hard thing that they're dealing with. And I think a great verse that kind of addresses this is Proverbs 25:20, 20, which says, like one who takes away a garment on a cold day or like vinegar poured on soda is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. Hmm. I think that's such a great reminder of like a great picture of what you're doing to the other person. If they're having a hard time and you're singing songs, it's like pouring vinegar on soda. You know, it's that bubbling and it's, it's, it's not a good thing.
0: Mm-hmm. So we've talked about tears. We've talked about dealing with them and and processing that emotion a little bit, but let's transition to confronting that emotion or how we would respond in healthy and biblical ways
1: so inevitably you are especially if you have multiple children you're going to deal with emotional confrontation between them and this s- is
0: called children bickering and fighting and <laughs> yes you know
1: so we're not so much dealing with these external situations like the death of a loved one or the loss of a pet or whatever, but now it's more interpersonal emotional conflict. Mm -hmm. And how do we deal with that? It's so important the way that we help our boys to deal with that properly because left to their own devices, boys almost always will take it to the physical. Yeah. You know, I don't like what you're doing and you're not stopping, so I will physically cause you to stop. Exactly. <laughs> and unfortunately, that is the sort of default response. And if you don't correct it, if you don't teach them the right way, then by the time they're teenagers, then now they're they are capable of causing a lot more harm to other people. And then we're getting into fights and it's all kinds of a mess. So at the younger ages, teaching them face to face as they are confronting the person that hurt them, teaching them to communicate, this is what you did, and teaching the other person to apologize and you know ask for forgiveness. And, and this, of course, is the classic Matthew 18 principle of what are you supposed to do when, when you've been wronged? It does not say that you're supposed to go punch them in the mouth. <laughs> it doesn't say that you're supposed to go running to, you know, somebody else. You're supposed to deal with it directly by going to them. And you're not supposed to, to run them. to mom? <laughs> and so that's an important lesson for kiddos to learn is when I've been wronged, I need to go to the person who has wronged me in a private place and address it with them. Mm-hmm. Along with that is, you know, emotions are so valuable because they cause us to reflect on and sort of sit in the difficulty of the situation. And it helps us, I think, over time, to be motivated to take action if we're if we're doing it correctly. And and that's why I love James 5 which in James 5.13, it says, is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. There's this notion that we should not just sit in a state of emoting in perpetuity or indefinitely. It needs to prompt us to an action. And James gives us a couple of examples here. Are you having a hard time? Let that drive you to your knees in prayer. Don't just sit there dwelling in the emotions for days and days and days Mm -hmm. or weeks and weeks and weeks. Let it drive you to prayer. Mm -hmm. Let it drive you to ultimately the one who cares and who can carry our burdens and can help us in that situation. Or on the flip side of the coin, if you're happy, it says sing songs, you know, basically praise, uh, sing songs of praise, praise the Lord, acknowledge Mm -hmm. that the good that we are feeling or experiencing or enjoying in our lives is coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, right? Mm-hmm. As, as the Bible says. So the emotional response that we have should lead to another response mm-hmm. that is not emotional.
0: And again, that's just going to be so much easier, moms, if when you are wanting to teach that to your kiddos, if you're also modeling that. And and even if you're going through, sometimes you, you catch yourself just kind of going through things spinning in your head and maybe you're, you're not saying anything out loud, but maybe you are just blessed by what's going on. Actually, Put that verse right there that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of Heavenly Lights. Say that out loud to your kids. Again, this is a really, really short season that you get this time to set them up for how they will be serving the Lord the rest of their lives. So just say some of that stuff out loud so they know like what you're thinking as you're going through that season of joy or likewise one that might be difficult.
1: And so maybe we can kind of end with the, this idea of, okay, so this response, this you know, physical or practical response that our emotions should be driving us to. I think one of the things, again, that is stereotypical of, of men is that they don't express their positive emotions. Mm. You know, Yes, we want to suppress tears, but also the whole saying, I love you. Thing and telling the people that matter in your life that they are important to you mm-hmm. uh, is also, you know, something that historically is, is sort of frowned upon or that males don't do. And I think this is another great opportunity and going back, Amy, to what you were saying about the caught, not taught thing, you know, again, dads need to be expressive in their love. And that means, you know, for me, I still will bear hug my 18-year-olds mm. and my 19-year-old, you know, and tell them I love them. And I think that's important that we be able to say that. I think of Proverbs twenty seven five, which says, better is open rebuke than hidden love. And it's one of those things that when you first read it, you don't really understand, well, what is that actually saying? But But if you kind of process it through, like Open rebuke is not cool. Like nobody likes that, right? Getting called out in front of everybody else or, or whatever. But Proverbs is saying that's better than keeping your feelings hidden mm. and not expressing them. So teaching your boys through your own actions and your own example that this is something that we do. We tell the people in our lives that matter to us that we love them.
0: Yeah. And so, I mean, a practical way that that works out, I think, is is between siblings sometimes, you know, teaching older brother, younger brother to write that birthday card. Nope, we actually do that on their birthdays. And, and you take some time with it and you actually tell your brother how you feel about them and teaching them. You know, that's something that we did Then Again, this is just the Lord's covering because we weren't doing it because this was the end that we were wanting to see. But over the years, now that they do that kind of stuff on their own, it's very sweet to see the relationship between the the brothers because they have shown and told each other that they – now, my boys are not gushy and they do not walk around, you know, (laughs) telling each other how amazing they are. Oh, my goodness, no. But they also – the sincerity side is they do know that they care about each other, and and they have just kind of did that in small ways when they were younger, and as they've gotten older, and now we're nearly approaching adult relationships with them. They have great relationships. They want to hang out together, and they miss it when they're when they're not together. So.
1: And sometimes you have to uh, coerce this a little bit. This takes me back to a funny story, something that we used to do when our boys would be kind of picking on each other or not getting along. We had, in our family room, we had this big trunk. This thing was probably close to three feet tall, and they loved, when they were little, climbing up on it as best they could and then jumping off of it. That was one of their favorite things. And so it was it would sit in the corner it was kind of tall and prominent in the corner and so we would make them climb up on the trunk together and hug each other
0: when they were fighting while yeah. they were fighting right. like
1: if they were not getting along we'd be, we'd make them go get up on the trunk and hug each other and oh they hated doing that because they you know they they'd be sitting there hugging and their their necks are craning away from each other as far as they possibly can so that they can you know communicate their disdain but at the same time they were sitting there hugging each other you know that's a that's a physical example sometimes there were other times where where we would be in the car and they'd be picking on one of their brothers and I'd say okay everybody has to share three things they love about Brennan or Caden mm-hmm. or Evan or whatever and i mean i required it to be meaningful and if they said one that was lame then i they would say no nope, that doesn't count give me <laughs> another one and as silly as those examples are it 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 did force them to verbalize the things that they appreciated about their brother and there were other times where we would do this that was not in a, a sense of punishment but more like you know hey we're sitting around the dinner table And I want everybody to go around and say one thing they appreciate about their brother or their mother or whatever, having them practice communicating the things that they feel to the people that they care most about is a really good practice. And so ultimately, I think a lot of times as men, it's not that we don't feel these emotions towards. people that we care about. Sometimes it's just that we don't act on them. And so I love the concept of the heart behind what's being said in Hebrews 3, when it says uh, Hebrews 3.15, as has just been said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. There are times where the spirit puts on our heart gratitude for another, for for my wife or for my kids or whatever. And that is an opportunity when we feel that to express that, mm-hmm. not just to hold on to that. So when you feel the spirit prompting you, you know, say something that that goes for our own personal walk with the Lord. And this is something that I've I learned from my mom and I always will try to do if we're walking at sunset and there's an amazing sunset you know you can look at that amazing sunset for its beauty or you can take the next step and acknowledge the lord's beauty who mm-hmm. who created that and verbalize it and th- you can do that same thing when you are sitting in your house and you know your husband or your kid or whatever does something that you appreciate, and you can just sit there and appreciate that quietly, or you can take the next step and you can say something. And in terms of setting a good example, it's such a wonderful thing to verbalize that and say, you know what? I really appreciate that you did that. And I love you so much for how thoughtful you are toward the people that you care about. Mm. These are important practices to help our boys understand what it means to be the right kind of emotional.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks, hon. That's so good. Such good reminders for for me too. And I think you know, even like I said, there's lots of stuff we've talked about in here in the lane of our kiddos. But I think there's a lot just for us as gals as we think through these things. You know, just to remind you guys, I, I always post these scriptures in the show notes, and you can go look those up because you know, as you as you ask the Spirit to show you what He has for you in His Word, there's going to be implications and applications for you personally, for your families, and it's just a really good thing to pray through. So hope this has been helpful to you. We actually do have a couple other raising men things up our sleeves. So stay tuned for some of those. I've gotten lots of feedback from you guys that this is a a topic that you guys like to hear about. So as other things like that come up, or if you have questions, please send them in to us. And other than that, we'll catch you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Devoted Podcast. We are a ministry of Av Creek Christian Fellowship in Westland, Oregon. For more resources or if you need prayer or encouragement, send us an email at devotedpodcast at apcreek.com.